Senoras y senores, what is going on? Welcome on into today's Phillies game recap as we're not just going to break down today's game. We're going to look at the three games set here against the Miami Marlins. If you guys tuned on into Wayne Philly Sports earlier today, um, just at the end of the season, just because there's a lot going on with my personal life and Philly sports in general, we're going to be looking at these game or these, these series recaps. So we're going to, at the end of each series, we're going to talk about it. We're going to break down what kind of went down, my thoughts, my takeaways from these series. Um, just for now, just for the end of this season, it, playoff will be a lot of will be a lot different, obviously. Uh, but you know, just with the Philly or with the Union and the Eagles in full force, alongside the Phillies and the Phillies essentially playing every single night, as we know with baseball, just makes it a little bit easier. And I kind of want to give you guys the best possible content that I possibly can. But tonight, look, Phil, the Phils fall, and it feels like last week, if you guys remember, the three game set in South Philadelphia. You had game one and game two, one run wins. Remember, Edmundo Sosa had big games in both of them. Everyone's wondering, why is it that, uh, I was about to say Girardi. Whoa, about to say Girardi. Why is it Thompson was putting Edmundo Sosa in for Bryson Stott? But it paid off, and you kind of saw what happened Wednesday when he didn't play him, and Kyle Gibson struggled, which we'll get to a little bit later. But this one, again, you take game one and game two. Solid performances by individuals. And then game three comes along. And you just don't get enough guys stepping up when you needed it to the most. You did allow five runs here tonight against the Miami Marlins in game three. But I will say this. A lot more should have been done here tonight against the Miami Marlins. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the three-game set. We'll look at this Phillies team as they continue moving forward. Securing their spot in the wild card race is definitely important. It's definitely here for the taking here for the Philadelphia Phillies. So we'll talk about it all. Of course, we're going to talk about what you guys, what's on your mind as well. But I want to form everyone the Phillies. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll call this Philly Series Recap. Welcome everyone to Philly Series Recap. Of course, I'm your host, El Percero Philly, the United of all things sports and culture in the beautiful city of Philadelphia. If you guys are Phillies fans, baseball fans in general, whatever it may be, watch the series, watch any of these games. Have an invested, um, you know, have, have have invest in this team. Then definitely throw some comments in both the YouTube and the TikTok comment section. Both those are open, available at the moment. Especially we want to hear from you guys if you watch any of these games. Right now, we have the link in the comment section for you guys to come on in the show and be a part of it and give us your two cents. We definitely would love to hear what you guys have to say. So that link is in the comment section right now. But a quick reminder that today's Philly Series Recap is sponsored by Lots Rain Watches. Folks are in the market for a brand new watch. Consider checking out Lots Rain Watches. High quality watches at a bargain price. And right now, when you use my promo code at the checkout page, Barcelo Philly, you'll receive 10% off of your purchase of a Lots Rain watch. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys head on over to Lots Rain and make sure you guys take advantage of that deal. 10% off, ladies and gentlemen. It could go a long way these days. So definitely check it out and get swagged out by lots of rain watches all right what's going on we got you we got facebook youtube twitter we have dsm media watch tuning on in as well and of course we got tiktok tiktok do me that solid keep tapping that screen away tap 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 away let's get some more phillies and baseball fans in this chat uh, but we'll move forward right now what's going on we see you brother happy thursday night team man hope you uh enjoy your day a lot of sports on Today at what Europa League, little Thursday night football action, little baseball. How you feeling right now? How you feeling? All right, well let's get to it, guys. Right, so I want to start off by talking about tonight. Let's say then we'll work our way to Tuesday. And obviously tonight it's a five-three loss to the Miami Marlins. 
Here's the good news, and this is the most important part about it. The Phils won the series, right? That's the most important part about it. You took two or three from the Marlins, and going forward, that's all you need to do is continue winning series. And let me let me slow the horses down. That's the most important part. There are still some concerns, right? There are still some pitching concerns. Obviously, no Syndergaard on the mound here tonight. And then there's still some hitting concerns. Um, it just feels like there's a lack of consistency with this team in general, but specifically with the offense. Um, not getting runners on. They're not having problems of getting on base, but with the same thing that we've talked about all season long, these guys are not swinging over the fences. It just feels like there's not much offense production you know, be happening here for the Phillies. So obviously, let's start off with Noah Syndergaard, who got the start tonight for the Phillies. Uh, he went up against Pablo Lopez. Um, and when you watched it in real time, it felt like this was a bad performance. But hindsight 2020, it was an average performance. So he goes six innings deep. He allows six hits. He does, does allow four earned runs. Most of it came in one inning. Um, three strikeouts here tonight did allow two home runs. You don't ever want to see that. His ERA now is at 418. Uh, he also threw 82 pitches. So, like we talked about in the previous no guard start, it is clear that there is a pitch count uh that is being held on Noah Syndergaard. I haven't yet to see him pitch over 85 pitches, if I'm being honest. I've seen him around the 70 to 80 mark, and that's what the Phillies are going to continue doing. Uh, but you know he he just he just struggled uh, again with uh, with just that one pitch and just keeping that he's obviously we all know he's an off speed type of guy with the lack of a power that he had now has because of the he's the uh, the Tommy John that he's gone through, uh, but the the uh, it just bad pitch selection throughout the game uh, for for Noah Syndergaard um, and it resulted in turn uh, for six hits on the night an average night but. Not really what you were looking for here. And it also doesn't help that you really got nothing as far as run support goes. The Phillies were held scoreless through five innings. And for the Marlins, I mean, they legitimately made most of their damage in that fourth inning, like we mentioned. And it really um, started with the Garrett Cooper double, which, I mean, the fact that this dude has struggled all season long, but yet he finds a way to hit against the Phillies, it's just flat out annoying. Uh, J.J. Blade walks with one out. Uh, and then with two outs, you get Brian De La Cruz, who we have seen do damage against the Phillies. He hits a two-run home run shot uh, against the, uh, sorry, a three-run home run shot against the Phillies and uh, and Noah Syndergaard, and that make this the game a four-nothing game. Uh, that was really the that was really a difference maker. Being able for Brian De La Cruz to hit a three-run home run shot to make it a four-nothing game, uh, it made it a little bit harder for the Phillies. They gave it a little bit of fight, right? You know, this in, in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning. I'm sorry, sixth, seventh, and ninth inning. Uh, they were able to bring in some runs. Kyle Schwarber got a solo shot home run in the seventh inning. Uh, Brandon Marsh, we'll talk about Brandon Marsh, but him and Bryson Stott, you know, had a nice one two punch in the lineup here today. He hit a double that brought in Bryson Stott in the seventh inning. And then in the ninth inning, you had Brandon Marsh again delivering for the Phillies as he hit a single that brought in Bryson Stott, ironically enough. But that was really it here for the Philadelphia Phillies. But um, the Phillies in general, I feel like they should have done more damage. And more importantly, you wasted a great performance by Brandon Marsh. I mean, the, the dude almost hit the cycle, right? And 
he was four for four on the day. He had two RBIs. This was the best performance by Brandon Marsh in a Phillies uniform. The one knock on Brandon Marsh coming to Philly from L.A. was just the bat. You know, we all knew he had a golden glove type of, of glove, right? But the bat was the main thing that was inconsistent. But you knew that Kevin Long and this coaching staff could be able to fix that swing motion for Brandon Marsh and get some production out of Brandon Marsh. Uh, it's definitely been much better. I mean, he hit a home run, what, a month and a half after being coming in Philly. Obviously, remember, he went through, got that nasty injury in Cincinnati, that weird fall off the wall. Um, and, and now he's just providing you offense. The swing is back in, in the groove of it. Uh, we'll see if this if he can stay hot as he has. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was a definitely a big performance here. And he, alongside Bryson Stott, got really comfortable. Uh, Stotter, Stotter was in the sixth hole here today. Marsh was in the seventh hole. Um, and those two really provided a good pop in that lineup as Stott went two for four and Brandon Marsh went four for four. Listen. We have yet to have, we talked about this all, we've talked about this at nauseum over the last three, three seasons. Yeah, three seasons. This is our third season covering the Phillies. Holy shit. <laughs> Fast three seasons. This team has lacked a center field since Shane Victorino, a consistent center fielder. And Brandon Marsh really feels like we have a guy in center field that we can rely on game in and game out. He's your center fielder. And it feels good to have someone that we can rely on. You, you have him under team control to 2027. He's still very young, and you can still continue developing that swing. Uh, the future is really bright for Brandon Marsh, and that was a great trade at the deadline. Yeah, you gave up Logan O'Hoppy, but come on. This is this is great. This is fantastic. I love it, man. I love it. And I hope nothing but the best for Logan O'Hoppy as we talk about Got a big home run by, by Kyle Schwarber, and I swore bomb in the sixth inning. That really got the offense going here for the Phillies, right? Um, but the problem is, is that again, this offense struggled just getting runners. They were one for five runners to score with runners in scoring position. They hit eight. They hit eight balls here today. Only three runs to account for those eight eight hits, and it just was not enough. Um, a couple moments here throughout the game that the Phillies just did not capitalize. In the bottom of the, I'm sorry, in the top of the third inning, right? You get a triple by Brandon Marsh to lead off the inning. A triple. And what comes in suit after that? You get two pop-ups and a strikeout by Kyle Schwarber, and that was the inning. It was done. Dude, this was the this was the bottom of the third inning. That was right before the Marlins got on the board. You gotta, if you get a leadoff triple, you have to capitalize on that. That's just unacceptable. Move on to the top of the seventh. Back to back doubles. We talked about it, right? They got a, they they luckily got a run off of that, right? Brandon Marsh able to bring in Bryson Stock, but that's it. That was off of one out. You got to be able to, to to continue adding runs to that. You got a big boost from Bryson Stock and Brandon Marsh back to back, but that was it. You got to you got to produce more there. And then the bottom of the eighth with two men on, zero outs. It ends in a ground-out double play and a strikeout, and that was it in the bottom of the eighth. You, you got you to do better than that. Those three innings, to me, were very key in tonight's loss because if you're able to get a run in the third, a run in the eighth, it's a tie game, and anything can happen. But you got to be able to do better, and this has happened over the last couple of games, which we'll get to in a little bit as well. But the consistency, that's why I talk about the consistency is not there at the moment with the Phillies. 
That's a long season, and I get that. Now we're, we're literally like less than 20 games now to that. Oh, and by the way, your Philadelphia Phillies yesterday got their 80th win. We got 80 wins with 19 games left. This is wild. This is absolutely wild, guys. It was it, it was uh, it's it's been a it's been a fun season for sure. But again, you know, Bryson Stott and Brandon Marsh, you know, they continue their magic um, in the ninth as well. But they could not capitalize. Um, no one else stepped up in that inning. Uh, Matt Vierling came up after uh, Brandon Marsh and he would get a, a ground out and that would end the game. And that was such a disappointing way to end the game. Uh, but yeah, this game, listen. Syndergaard proved a little something that it's not it's not a positive thing that he proved us. We'll get to we'll get to my point about him in a little bit. Um, but you know the only bright spot really being Marsh and Stott stepping up the way they did. But you definitely want to see more from these from these bats. Bryce Harper bad one in the, at the, in the um at the at the plate. Obviously, we'll talk about Reese Hoskins in a little bit later. He didn't play here today. Um, but you know Gene Segura zero for four. Bryce Harper zero for zero for three. I'm sorry. Um, Kyle Schwarber did give you that big home run, but he was that was all he gave you today. And then everyone else, boom, 0 for 4, Veerling 0 for 4, Edmundo Sosa, the, that magic is gone. That magic was was left in South Philly. Yeah, that, that was gone. They put a Nick Maton at the end of the game in for Edmundo Sosa. So that that magic is, is, is finally done. Not everything works twice against the Marlins. Not everything, but certainly... Um, other things definitely have been able to help out for this team, but we move on to Tuesday night where the Phillies won six to one. Uh, this was a game where you had Kyle Gibson looking for a bounce back game. If you guys remember last Wednesday in the series finale loss to the Marlins in Citizens Bank Park, that was Kyle Gibson's outing and he had a bad outing in that one. Um, I think he was pulled by the fourth inning, but it was, it was a bad, bad one for him. Um, so he was looking for a little bit of payback and he definitely got that for, for the Phillies. Um, he ended this game in a, in a solid note. Six innings pitched, six hits allowed, uh, one earned run only, seven strikeouts uh, in 98 pitches. So a, a much better outing for Kyle Gibson. And you're, again, looking for more of that consistency from Kyle Gibson. But again, you know, one for four runners in scoring position. So again, struggling there. They did get eight hits, um, six runs to account for it. But here's the thing. Again, three home runs in this game. In the In the top of the sixth inning you got back-to-back home runs from Bryce Harper and JT Romuto that really gave you a big boost and then JT Romuto in the seventh got you a three-run home run shot which made the score six to one but that's my point like if you're not if these guys aren't getting home runs they really don't have any other ways to produce offense and that is the problem if the home runs not there these guys are essentially screwed and that really is what worries me. But yeah, I mean, look, you, you love seeing the big performances from Harper and JT Real Muto because that's really what you're looking for. And obviously these guys are missing Nick, Nick Castellanos to add on there because then you'd be looking at a potential um, Schwarber, Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto, and then Nick Castellanos. And that makes your lineup even more dangerous. But that was definitely a big one. And more importantly, seeing Kyle Gibson have a, a, another good, solid performance. I do like Edwin Cabrera. That's one point I was going to mention. I do like uh, Edwin Cabrera. He was like a top fifty prospect. He's he's in his rookie year right now. Uh, they got a good they got a good pitching staff over in Miami. They they really really do. But obviously, a lot more work, and they obviously need to, they need to hit. They really. I have to look at the stats, but they have to be in the bottom of a lot of hitting categories because they truly and honestly do struggle there. So. We'll, we'll see what, what, what that is about the offseason for those guys. But, 
You move on Tuesday night, and this is this one was the fun one because where do we start here? It's a two-one victory for the Phils, right? But I, I I really do have to start with the pitching matchup because you got Sandy Alcantara, who's a young pitcher, and he's already a Cy Young candidate this year. And then he's going up against Bailey Falter, who has really arised himself as being the fifth starter. Like he's making his case. He's been very strong in his last start, couple starts. And he went toe to toe, essentially, with Noah, oh, with Noah, <laughs> with Sandy Alcantara for five innings, essentially. He went toe to toe with them for five innings. He allowed a run in the, in the, in the, uh, in the bottom of the fifth inning. Which you know Brian De La Cruz again doing his damage on the Phillies, but that was fun, guys. That was a lot of fun on Tuesday night watching Sandy going toe to toe with Bailey Falter, and it really showed me something because in that moment he wasn't scared of it. He didn't look at the other mound and saw Sandy Alcantara. He said, "I'm going to be better than this mother effort," and he showed out. Six innings. Four, four hits allowed, one earned, four strikeouts. He did allow that home run, but over, everything else was great. And he did this in 88 pitches through six innings. He's really making his case. We'll talk about it in a second. But um, uh, uh, it, this was also the Nick Maton game. The Phillies were had, uh, held scoreless again in this one. And again, were one for five and with runners in scoring position. And again, had eight hits and only two runs to account for that. But luckily, you had Nick Maton in the bottom of the seventh inning um, who had Gene Segura on base, took a ball for a little bit of a ride to right field and got the Phillies the 2-1 lead. And that's really the difference. Uh, you got the you got the water cooler on Nick Maton. It was a lot of that was that it, Tuesday was a fun game, to say the least. But um, the Phillies, in the end, wind up with a series win, take two out of three from these guys and. And you're you're gonna take that, right? You're you're definitely gonna take that. You would want to get this series sweep, but at the end of the day, the Marlins are tough to sweep, man. They they really are, especially down in Miami. But I will say this: this is the <clears throat> this we have one more set against the Marlins, if I'm not mistaken. But I think the good news about this is that if you guys remember the past couple of years, and we've always dreaded playing the Miami Marlins because of just how tough they play. They're always a pass. You know, they, they never give up. They're, they're always the under. They really have relished in that role. Every time we have gone down, we have always struggled to come back against those guys. But you look at these games over, look at the last two series. These just these last two series against them, right? You get four comeback wins, four of them. And that's something that they really struggled against last year. Now, the Smarlins team, obviously, we talked about it, are struggling offensively, and that's really their Achilles heel. They really just struggle uh, getting runs in. They obviously have a really good you know, pitching staff, but overall, they, they really just do struggle uh, with, with, with bringing runs in, and that's really the one thing that they're going to have to work on going forward. I don't know what they have in their prospect pool, but, yeah, they, 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 they proved that they could pitch, pitch the lights out, but now you, you got to hit the damn ball. All right. So let's take let's talk about some of my takeaways over this these past three days. The main one I want to talk about today, really something clicked in my head. We're talking about the fifth starter because Zach Wheeler tomorrow apparently is going to do a simulated game in Atlanta, so he looks like he'll be back sooner rather than later. But the fifth starter to me is a question mark. 
Because if you watch tonight's game and you've watched No Syndergaard start since coming from L.A. And you've watched Billy Falters play like you can't sit here and tell me that you feel comfortable of going into the playoffs. with No Syndergaard as your fifth start over Billy Falter. Right now, Falter's better than than Syndergaard. And, and it's really not much of a debate, in my opinion. Like, if you're going to sit here and wait for Noah Syndergaard to show any glimpses of the Thor, I mean, you're just going to be waiting for a long time. And, you know, he, he took the hair down. He doesn't have it in that little bun anymore. He's got the hair down. He's looking like real Thor. But the fact is, the reality of the situation is, the power is not there. And that is what made Noah Syndergaard one of the most dominating pitchers in the sport. This isn't even the Noah Syndergaard. I don't even recognize this guy. Now, I lived in North Jersey during that World Series run. I watched that rotation. Jacob DeGrom, Matt Harvey, um, Noah Syndergaard, Steven Matz, uh, Bartolo Colon. I watched that rotation and the dominance and the confidence and the cockiness those guys played with. Noah's nowhere near that. And instead... It's the other long-haired, blonde-haired dude who's providing that moxie, providing that confidence, and is throwing with absolute heat and is performing much better than Noah Syndergaard. And even looking further, I don't want to look too far ahead, but you're looking at next year, Noah Syndergaard, and he's in a contract situation. He could walk after this year. If I'm the Phillies, what do I need to, what do I need to, to negotiate with? You throw him... You throw him a deal that works best for you. And if he doesn't like it, goodbye. I'm not sweating over Noah Syndergaard leaving. I'm not sweating, hoping and praying and waiting that Noah Syndergaard develops this new style, and this new game of his arsenal because he can't be that, 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 that heater guy anymore. Dude, Bailey falters earned the right. And if I'm picking my fifth day starter or my game five starter in the playoffs, if you do decide to go that route, I'm going falter over Syndergaard. If I'm being honest, I'm going Eflin over Syndergaard. Eflin might not stay. He might not stay in the whole game, but I like Eflin stuff better than Syndergaard's. Syndergaard's just way too much of a, of a liability. You guys can tell me in the comments how you feel about it, but I'm going Bailey Falter as my fifth starter going forward, and it's going to be interesting to say the least uh, what will happen. All right, so a lot of people uh, have a lot of questions about the injuries. Um, obviously, the main one at the moment is Reese Hoskins. It, it's so close to the playoff time, right? And he gets hit in the hand on, on Wednesday night after uh, by a Sandy Alcantara pitch. Um, but, you know, the, the thought is from Rob Thompson, he's okay. That is uh, Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins is okay. Everything that they're doing right now is all for precaution. Right, they're just making sure he's okay, making sure he doesn't suffer any further injury, and especially with the hand, especially when you're a, a batter like a power batter like Reese Hoskins, you're really going to want to be very conservative with that injury. He's day to day at the moment. He was expected to be out tonight, which obviously we saw he was out, and Gene Segura moved up into the lineup. He was this, he was in the two hole here today, but. This is just a situation that we I know we hate the word patience in Philadelphia, but we have to stay patient because the fact is we don't know when he's going to come back. You can't rush this because it can mess up his whole entire game. And 
we'll tell you what, having a, a guy with with messed up mentals going into playoffs is really what you don't want from Reese Hoskins. So I'm okay with allowing him to rest up that finger and bringing him in when he feels fine. Nick Cassiano's obviously a big miss as well, and and I think what concerns me the most, and I think you guys can can uh, can relate to, is you know it took Nick Cassiano's what five months for him to get in sync, for him to get comfortable in the lineup with the city, this team, and now we're expecting to have him at the end of this month, and it's going to be like two weeks, and he's got the playoffs. Is that enough time for him to get ready? And that's my concern with Nick Castellanos. So the groinish situation, it's it's definitely a bit of a concern for sure. But I, I mean, we I, I would be it would be lovely, it would be lovely to have Nick Castellanos in the lineup because, like I mentioned, it's another threat of a bat. And when you have all these guys healthy and ready to go, it just eases things up for every single person in this lineup. So, I mean, it, it, definitely missing Hoskins and Castellanos, and you're just going to need to get as many wins as possible. But there was a lot of people before tonight's loss that had thoughts, had sentiments of NL East title. There was people who legit thought that there was a chance at the NL East. After that Mets, that last Mets series loss, I, 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 I just hit that nail in the coffin. I just did not see any way possible that this team could surpass the Braves or the Mets. I still don't feel that way. I still don't see how they can surpass both the teams um, to move up and, and be it be top of the NL East. Those teams just build different. It's not that the Phillies are bad. It's just the Phillies are a good team. And the Braves and the Mets are more so elite teams, right? If you guys catch my drift here. So... The Phillies have 19 games left, and now pulling up the standings here. The Phillies are nine games back of first place of the NL East. I believe they are seven back or eight back of the wild card spot um, with the Atlanta Braves. Now, obviously, mathematically, it's not far fetched to think that they could catch up. We've seen crazier things happen, but when you look at it realistically, there is just no way that this team is catching up with the Braves or the Mets. These guys are just built different. All right. Now, you know, losing, you know, it, it probably be helpful to sweep the likes of the Marlins and the Nationals to secure that, that, that proposition that everyone's talking about. But you also have two key series coming up against the Braves. One in Atlanta that starts tomorrow and another one in Philadelphia that starts next weekend. So if you realistically want an opportunity winning this division, you're going to take care of business against the Braves. <laughs> I, I, I mean, does that not sound ridiculous? You got to go down to Atlanta tomorrow in a playoff environment. I mean, cabron, I've seen this story before. We literally saw this last year in route of the Braves' first World Series since, what, 92, 93, whenever that was? I, I personally just don't see it happening. I get it. Everybody wants to see the Phillies, you know, catch up to the Braves, catch up to the Mets. And guys, this is not the 2007 Phillies. All right. That team was special. That team had heart. Okay. This is a completely different team. This is a talented team. 
this team might have a little bit more talent than that 2007 team, but that 2007 team had more heart than this current Phillies team. And we're a lot more disciplined back then. <laughs> I'm like these guys. You know, those 2007 Phillies with three weeks left were not put one for five, one for four, one for five with runners in scoring position. I might look back at that to bite my own words, but they were definitely producing a lot more uh, than what these guys were doing. But I, I just can't think of these guys. I'm sorry. that Call me Negadelphia all you want, but I cannot think about Annalise. It's just too far-fetched. It's just way too far-fetched. Uh, what's up, Ugly Noob? Noob, what's up? We got Ugly Noob Slime. That's an interesting name. What's going on, man? Um, so Ugly Noob. So right now, this is Philly's uh, series recap. Right now, we're looking back at the last three days for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I haven't seen you here before, but I, I do want to welcome you. Thank you so much for taking some time while checking this out. Um, so we cover Philly sports here. We don't just do the Eagles. Uh, we do Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, Union. So we cover all the five main Philly sports here. Right now, we're doing Phillies talk, so we're not going to, out of respect for the baseball community, we're not going to talk about the birds, but tomorrow, we're going to have Eagles preview. We're previewing the Vikings game. We're going to dive in depth. I'm going to give you my full thoughts on, on Monday night's game. So if you want to talk Phil or talk Phillies, if you want to talk birds, you want to talk football, we can even talk about tonight's Thursday night game. Come in tomorrow, and we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, we're just we're just not going to do it tonight. But I do appreciate you. Know, I, really, I really do appreciate that. So yeah, so we'll, we'll see, but like I mentioned, guys, it's going to be a big one this, this upcoming weekend, right? Three against the Braves. And look, I, I mean, I can't stop thinking about that series last year. And it's not the fact that they got swept. I mean, it is a lot to do with that. But it's the way it happened. They went into that series without any emotion, without any fight, without any gumption. They look like they didn't care. You cannot allow that to happen. If you lose the series, I can't tell you that I would be surprised, honestly. But show some heart. That's what the 2007 Phils would have done. They would have shown some heart, win or loss. So um, let me see here if I can find a way. I probably could. All right. So, so tomorrow's first game, 720 first pitch. You got Ranger Suarez going up against Max Freed. It's a good matchup. Um, and then on Saturday, which I'll be at a wedding, 720. You got Aaron Nola going up against um what I want Jake or uh Odorizzi. It's an interesting name. Odorizzi. So Nola Day will be on Saturday. And Nola Nolana, I don't know. It does concern me a little, just a just a little bit, guys. And then I do know Sunday's matchup because it does intrigue the crap out of me. All right, so 135 first pitch. Luckily, there's no Eagles football on Sunday, right? So you can enjoy this matchup. Bailey Falter going up against Spencer Strider, who's absolutely had the Phillies number this year. I'm so stoked for that matchup, to say the least. That one's going to be fun. Strider, does he still have the match against the Phillies? And does Bailey Falter have it to take out the the Braves. Ah, it's going to be an exciting one. It's going to show a lot about this team as well. You, I want the Phillies to treat this like a playoff series because you're going to go into a playoff environment and you're going to go up against a playoff caliber team. And for the fans who say that they have a chance of catching up and winning the NL East, well, we'll see. We'll see as soon as this weekend. 
they win two out of three, then okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys, you know, some notoriety. You know, I'll give you guys your kudos because you guys deserve it. But I can't say that I believe in this team to do it. So we'll see what happens. But all right, guys, let's do it for today's Phillies game recap. Again, the Phillies taking two out of three against the Miami Marlins and are now heading to Atlanta to face off against the Braves for another three-game set. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Really do appreciate it. If you guys enjoyed today's content, make sure you guys hit the like button. Subscribe for more Philly sports. And, of course, wherever you stream podcasts, we're available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Wherever you stream podcasts, find us under Owen Philly Sports. A reminder that today's Phillies series recap was sponsored by Lots Rain Watches. If you folks are in the market for a brand-new watch, consider checking out Lots Rain Watches. High-quality watches at a bargain price. And Make sure you guys are using my promo code, Barcero Philly, for 10% off of your purchase of a La Terrain watch. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of El Parcero Philly, and I am telling you guys, let's go, Phils. Talk to you guys on Sunday.